From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is a podcast of KZYX's local coronavirus update for Wednesday, October 28, 2020. With Ukiah ER doctor, Dr. Drew Colfax and Alicia Bales. Since the pandemic began, Dr. Colfax has done regular live updates for KZYX listeners on the latest news and numbers and answered questions from callers. Dr. Drew Colfax, who's our regular co-host here, is busy. He's working at the emergency room in Ukiah today, so we have a special guest host, Lucretia Renteria, Executive Director of Mendocino Coast Clinics. Good afternoon, Lucretia. Good afternoon, Alicia. Thanks so much for being here and stepping in for Dr. Colfax. And it's an especially important time to talk with uh, clinics in the county because of the news about UCSF and the sort of sudden stopping of their contract uh, for surveillance testing throughout the county. We'll get that to that in a moment, but first, do you want to start out with the numbers? Sure. Um, we should, if, if people have checked in on the dashboard recently, we're showing right now um, in the red tier. Of course, we, we found that out here on the North Coast. We have 11 current active cases, totaling 97 cases for our area. Um, and overall, Uh, 40 people are currently in isolation around the county, four of those hospitalized. Um, You know, our percentage of positive tests has always been pretty low. It's at a 3.78, which actually is in the orange tier, even better than our red tier status right now. But our daily positive cases rate came down, and that's what allowed us to go into the red tier. I, I will admit I was surprised. And given that there is a seven-day lag, I'm hoping that we can stay in there, but we have seen some increases in cases um, around different regions within the county and definitely here on the North Coast. Right. Uh, I've been following the news a little bit about the outbreak on the coast. Can you bring us up to date of what's happening in Fort Bragg? So we did outbreak testing yesterday in collaboration with the Department of Public Health here at the clinic, and we did get 118 individuals who came through um, that outbreak testing event. Um, The outbreak was spurred on by a childcare center here in Fort Bragg, and um, we've seen a cluster of positive cases that came around that. So we had reached out to public health to request the outbreak, outbreak testing be done. Um, in the meantime, there have been a couple of other essential workers who have reported to their employers that they were positives. And so um, I think that we did have a nice turnout because people wanted to get tested around some of these positive cases. Um, As you indicated, with the ending of surveillance testing, having an outbreak test event is our opportunity to do mass testing after this week. And um, our surveillance testing was pretty full by the time we determined that we really needed to, to offer some more testing to the coast around these positive cases. So you've been taking appointments for surveillance testing, right? Yes, we have. Um, Four different community health centers around the county are offering surveillance testing or have been offering surveillance testing since April, but um, most of them are doing that on a first-come, first-served basis. Here at MCC, we've been taking appointments. It makes the process much faster once the patients actually get here for the swabbing. And um, I know that the UCSF contract ends on Friday, I believe. And let's, we'll talk about more about that in just a moment. But uh, in the meantime, are the 
tests that were scheduled for tomorrow or do, do you have any tests that are between now and Friday? We do. We had an event this morning um, and we have an event tomorrow. So those will be our two last clinics of testing. And I'm actually, you know, pushing the envelope a little bit. We, I think we, we have an allotment of 150, 50 for Wednesdays swabbing and 100 for Thursdays. And we're, we're going to, we at least scheduled a little bit over that. We have been seeing that sometimes we get no-shows. And it's possible some people came to yesterday's event instead of waiting for today or tomorrow. Um, and we'll end up with some no-shows. So we actually scheduled a little bit more than what the capacity is. But I have some reassurance from the county that UCSF will go ahead and process all of the tests that we submit, even if it's more than our 150. So along with uh, finding out suddenly yesterday that Mendocino County has now been listed by the state as moving from the purple tier, which is widespread uh, COVID-19 community risk status. Now we've moved down to the state's second tier or the red tier, which is the substantial risk category. Uh, That was kind of a a surprise, although we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. Dr. Corin, our public health officer, was expecting it to happen because of the of the numbers, the percentage of positives and the numbers per week per hundred thousand. But then, boom, there we were. Uh, You got a similar surprising message this week from UCSF that they're terminating your testing contract for surveillance testing. So uh, could you talk a little bit about how you heard about that and and what you make of it? Uh, Well, I actually heard about it because my um, one of my staff members listens in on a Mohawk call for the operational area partners on Wednesday mornings and Dr. Corin made the announcement last Wednesday. Um, she, she texted me, I was on a, on a different call that I have a competing call. And so I started getting a hold of, of people at the DOC to find out if this, in fact, if we had heard correctly and if this was true, and if in fact, they were only giving us 10 days notice, um, I did get a call back within the hour confirming that yes, the UCSF had given 10 days notice to the County of Mendocino. And as of October 31st, they would no longer be accepting the tests and processing. Um, they process through, I think, November 2nd or something just to get all of those tests processed. And then that was it. We didn't, we have not found out the reason behind the cancellation of the agreement. Um, we've really been talking to the county and, and specifically our public health officer about finding out the why. So we know where to put some lobbying pressure. We know how we can call in either Assemblyman, Assemblymember Woods, um, Mike McGuire, you know, somebody, uh, the governor's office, who do we need to get to to try to get a longer notice time if we could have until the end of November and then work together with the county to come up with a backup plan. It's a much better process for us, but um, not, not by any fault of the counties they're not getting a lot of information back from UCSF either. So um, they're pushing. I think they're making a really good faith effort to try to find out if we can get some testing capacity to go past this week so that the clinics can continue um, to service, you know, the outlying areas of our county. 
OptumServe and Ukiah will still be available through the end of November under the current contract. And there are already efforts to enter into a new contract to continue that service. So the Ukiah Valley area and anyone who wants to travel to the fairgrounds in Ukiah can access OptumServe and probably pretty seamlessly going into December after the November 30th um, cutoff of the current agreement. But the um, it's the outlying areas that we're really worried about right now. And uh, I think that we've been able to really contribute positively to the percent positive and testing capacity for outside of Ukiah. We've seen that most of the cases are in the Ukiah Valley. Um, so getting those negative cases from the outlying areas has been important to keeping that positivity rate down. Well, and given how crucial testing is and the control of of the virus uh, and the spread of the virus, it seems like you must be, I don't know if you're scrambling or if you're determined or whatever the, the verb would be to um, to get another option. Uh, but it sounds like there will be a, a, a period of time in which testing just won't be available, this kind of surveillance testing. What options are you exploring and what options do individuals have to get COVID tests outside of the Ukiah Valley in Mendocino County? So we are exploring options through private labs. The issue around that is cost. And I do not believe that the costs will go back to the individual um, community member. One thing that that has to be really uh, said and and reassured is that if you have insurance, the COVID-19 test is being paid for by your insurance company. You should have no co-payment. I cannot guarantee that in every case and for every policy, but you know, there are ways to get assistance if in fact you do end up with a co-payment, then at least here with MCC, we do have some grant funding that could um, perhaps help, help offset that in the event that that happens. Definitely, if you're symptomatic with COVID symptoms and you have a test done, your insurance should cover it at 100% with no copay. The surveillance piece when there's no symptoms is the the questionable one as to whether or not a deductible or copayment could be um, could, could be allotted to the individual. If you're on Medi-Cal, it is covered. Uh, we have had clear guidance from Partnership Health Plan that they don't they don't care if the person has symptoms, doesn't have symptoms, if they're testing weekly, if they're testing monthly. You know, frequency doesn't matter and symptoms don't matter. They will cover the test. So there are ways that we can go to private labs and we can have people supply their insurance information. There is also a fund that we could bill or the lab can bill for an uninsured individual. So if you simply do not have insurance at all, you've lost it during this time period, maybe work was interrupted or affected and your benefits were affected, the labs can bill a special fund um, that's been set up for uninsured folks. So you wouldn't have the, have to foot the bill. Um, that being said, the county is also exploring options that are provided and state sponsored testing. <clears throat> In addition to OptumServe, there's um, a possibility of mobile units being deployed 
which means that they would be in different areas of the county at different times and um, offer testing in the outlying areas for free. Uh, it, it may or may not involve the community health centers. In all likelihood, we would not be the providers of the tests, but maybe we would be one of the locations where they would come to conduct testing. Um, there are a couple of other options and there was a menu of options that the county was presented. One of the other ones uh, may involve the community health center's involvement, uh, but the county is currently waiting to hear back from the state on how to proceed with any of those arrangements and agreements. So we're in a little bit of limbo, and I anticipate that we're going to have either diminished capacity to test in the first few weeks of November and perhaps no ability to test in the first few weeks of November. Um, but then there should be a solution in place, hopefully by December. Okay, so the plot thickens as we move into the fall. And uh, I know a lot of clinics around the county are conducting drive-through flu uh, shots so that people can get their flu shots and try to avoid the what they're calling the twindemic of the flu and coronavirus. Uh, and there's one in Round Valley uh, at the Round Valley Indian Health Center tomorrow from 1 to 4 p.m. And that's a free drive-through flu clinic uh, for getting your free flu shot. And you guys had one of those yesterday as well, right? We did. We did. We received 150 doses of flu vaccine from public health Um earlier last week. And so we've conducted two flu clinics and have um, given out all of our available supply at this point. If you're a clinic patient, we can still make appointments. We have privately purchased uh, flu vaccine and flu vaccine that we get through the state in what's called a vaccine for adults program, um, which means that if you're uninsured, you can get it for free. And within our private stock, we do have some high-dose um, flu vaccine, which is recommended for those 65 years and older, but is not mandated. So if you can't get a uh, high-dose, you can definitely get a, a regular flu vaccine uh, to help protect yourself over flu season, <clears throat> which we're headed into. So if we get more supply from public health uh, in the upcoming weeks and which I've requested some they were waiting on their um, shipment once we get more then we'll hold more events for non-patients just community members in general to come through the drive-through uh, shot clinic all right this is the local coronavirus update here on KZYX I'm Alicia Bales and sitting in as our guest host today is Lucretia Renteria executive director of Mendocino Coast Clinics we hear a lot about the amazing work that the clinics throughout the county are doing during this pandemic to step up and make sure that the outlying areas have the access to uh, public health resources in order to most effectively stop the spread of this virus in our community um, Lucretia before we open up the phone lines for callers to call in and ask questions. Um, can you just talk about 
what it's like to be in your seat right now as the director of a local rural clinic uh, in the throes of this pandemic where California seems to be doing okay, but the rest of the country is uh, experiencing a, 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 a surge of coronavirus cases as bad as we've seen yet in the course of the pandemic. And I just wonder from your point of view, if you can uh, kind of describe what it's like to, to be facing the situation where we are right now. Um, well, I, I think one way to put it is I feel like I'm driving a bus full of people blindfolded. Um, the information is changing on an ongoing basis, trying to keep up with the latest of the information and the best information and best practices um, ha- has been really challenging. I have been really fortunate to work with the other leaders around the county and, and the directors of the, the other health centers, along with um, the consortia that we belong to, Health Alliance of Northern California, which encompasses like a, a lot of different health centers in Northern California. And we've worked together with weekly meetings, sometimes twice a week meetings to really try to share information with each other and um, and help realize where we're at in this thing and, and run a health center at the same time. So my job was already challenging because we, you know, we try to make sure that the legislation that's going forth that are going to change any of the programs that we have to run or the, the considerations that we need in order to maintain our federal funding are in place you know, what's happening in Congress, what's happening in Sacramento, that was already challenging. That already kept, kept keeps you on your toes. You're employing, you know, we've got about 120 staff members here. And so we've got recruitment issues. And uh, we all know how hard it is to re- do professional recruiting here. I've been recruiting for primary care providers for two years now, uh, just trying to get all of those things. That All of those pressures still are real but um this pandemic has taken center stage in what i spend most of my day working on and of course early on in march uh getting testing started around the county was something that all of us directors came together to really um make sure that ukiah wasn't the only option for our communities and a huge argument at the time was Ukiah is the only place with cases. We've maintained no cases in the rest of the county. Why should we go into a community that has uh, this virus spreading? Um, even before it was community spread, there's still concern about going out of your safe bubble of zero cases into a community that had cases. So, you know, Anderson Valley Health Center, Redwood Coast Medical Services, Long Valley Health Center, and here at MCC, we really felt that it was important to make sure that our communities locally had access to testing. And um, we're very happy to partner with the Department of Public Health and our public health officer at the time, Mimi Duhan, to make that happen through UCSF. Um, And we were, we are all gutted that it was terminated so quickly. So I, I think, you know, challenges, challenges galore. Nothing has been easy. The latest challenge, the challenges in the, in the supply chain, uh, the latest being needles. Oh, we can't get needles to, 
uh, give out the flu vaccine. There are shortages. We're now on allocations from our manufacturers and from our suppliers to where you order 10, 10 boxes of gloves and they send you two. Uh, you try to get needles and they tell you no, wait until next month. Um, everything has been in short supply. Alcohol wipes, Alicia, alcohol wipes are in short supply. Oh, this is stunning. This many months. I mean, I say this every show, like this many months into the pandemic, we're still struggling with this. But yeah, I mean, as it sort of as the case numbers are in the headlines, uh, this access to basic, you know, fundamental uh, components of healthcare has sort of faded, like the PPE challenges and stuff. But it's still all going on, right? It is. It is. And it's extending into items that weren't the initial panic items. I mean, we worried about N95s and face shields and goggles and isolation gowns in the beginning. And I, I think that we have gotten more on top of that type of thing. We at least see, I, I can imagine that in the hospital setting, they really have a burn rate that's much higher than ours here in the outpatient setting. Um, our COVID nurse that's doing the swabbing is obviously going through that type of PPE, but we're doing so much of our work virtually, at least in adult medicine, that we're not using a lot of the PPE at the rate that we thought that we would be when, when this first started. Um, now we're looking at opening it back up and how do we open our lobby safely and bring patients back into the clinic. So we'll see an increase in that burn rate. But now that we've gotten down to, okay, we are disinfecting at you know twice the rate that we used to and in a different way, um, than we used to. So all of our disinfectant wipes are going at a much faster rate. We're taking everyone's temperature when we walk through the door, all staff and all patients. And so you wipe off the, the thermometer with every patient with an alcohol wipe. So now we're going through 100 alcohol wipes a day at our main site. That means, you know, your burn rate of those items that you didn't think were going to be issues it went up tremendously well not only us all healthcare providers across california right. i haven't seen an alcohol wipe anywhere it's almost a mythical product at this point <laughs> exactly <laughs> well let's so, go ahead and open yeah. up the phone lines if if you don't mind we've got about nine eight minutes left see if we can get a few callers in who may have questions uh we're speaking with lucretia renteria executive director of mendocino coast clinics and this is the local coronavirus update on kzyx so let's go ahead and take our first call good afternoon caller you're live on the air Hello, my name is Jane, and I'm uh, calling from Willits, which is my first question, because I haven't seen much testing here in our little town. Maybe it's a bad omen. Uh, we seem to be okay on that issue for now. But um, secondly, and this is complicated in my mind, I understand we have between 88 and 100,000 population here in Mendo County, which varies according to different harvest periods with certain agricultural products. Um, but if we test like 100,000 people in Mendocino County, and that percentage is, um, you know, puts us in one of these kindergartenish color-coded uh, levels, What's the difference between us testing, you know, 100,000 people versus maybe 
200,000 people in San Francisco. How does that work as far as I know everything's relative, but it seems to me like a, your positive case count is highly dependent on the number of uh, deaths, and that doesn't seem fair and just. That's just uh, complicated to my mind. Thanks for Thank the question. Thank you for your hard work. You guys are, uh, you guys are awesome. All right. Thanks for the call. Goodbye. Lu- Lucretia, could you hear that? I, I had a little bit of trouble. She was from Willits? Yep. She was from Willits, wondering if there is testing in Willits, uh, and also just wondering about sort of the, the math and the metrics about if, you know, yeah. we have 80, 85,000 residents here in Mendocino County, and the Bay Area has exponentially more uh, residents and and how do those sort of metrics work if they test 100,000 people in Mendocino County versus 200,000 people in the Bay Area uh, how do we know you know how do the relative positive cases how do we know that um, that we're that we're having an accurate uh, an accurate understanding of the positivity rate here versus what's happening in larger more populous areas so the the state is looking at two different metrics. One is a daily positive cases rate, and one is the percent of positive tests. So for all tests done, whether it's asymptomatic, symptomatic testing, every test done across the county, on a seven-day average with a seven-day lag, what is the, what are the percentage of positive tests? Now, this is where surveillance testing being robust throughout the county is also very important because the more people that we're just surveilling, let's say it's 500 people a week or 400 people a week, that adds a lot of negative tests, a probability of a lot of negative tests with the possibility of catching some early positives in asymptomatic people who are carriers and could spread that virus but at this time, we can then isolate them and get them into place, uh, get them into quarantine and isolation uh, in about two business days because we're getting those test results back fairly quickly, so much more than we were earlier. So that helps keep that percentage of positive tests overall down. Um, we'll see what, the, what happens with us possibly not having the UCSF resource for a few weeks. That may creep up a little bit. Uh, Currently, it's sitting at 3.78, which actually is orange tier status, which is nice. The daily positive cases is what happens when you have those waves or the swells of cases. You have an outbreak, you have clusters, um, and that's also a seven-day average and a seven-day lag. So you, you need to look at the fact that, you know, when you pick up all those positives, how many are you picking up at a time? And it is relative to your, you know, per 100,000 in the population. So it, it's a percentage which should be a comparable that the state can use. Now, they have put an asterisk on their um, website that says smaller rural uh, communities of less than 100,000 population could have additional metrics reviewed in order to evaluate tier status. Um, this is something that I know 
the public health officers in, in their meetings, especially the rural ones, really push on the state to understand that rural is different and we need to have some uh, understanding of that at the state level. So I believe we're getting good advocacy from our public health officers uh, around that issue. Exactly. Right. Because as the number of tests per day goes down here in Mendocino County, it seems like the people who are symptomatic or who are having issues are still going to go in and get tested. So uh, so they're still going to be discovered uh, for the most part. And, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, but if there are fewer surveillance tests happening, our percentage of positives is going to go up pretty quickly. Correct. Correct. All right. Yeah, right. So, um, all right. Well, I, I want to be hopeful that um, I know you guys are all working so hard to figure out how to close this this gap now that's being left or this chasm that's being left by UCSF uh, terminating their contract for surveillance testing here in the county. And I know that our well-being as a county really depends on access to free, widespread surveillance testing. So, um, you know, I'm I'm hopeful that uh, that that the OptumServe will come through with their roving <laughs> the second lane of, of tests or, or some other, some something else will come through, but clearly it needs to be on a public health level and not just on an individual level. Yes, yes. All right, so we've got about a minute left of today's show. Um, do you have any kind of final thoughts you want to leave the county with in terms of thinking about COVID this week? Um, well, I just want to say that I, I think that it is really important in, in order for us to maintain our red tier status to wear our masks, uh, socially distance, m- maintain your shelter in place, and, um, and do your hand hygiene. Despite us opening back up certain things, if you're going to go to the gym, if you're going to go uh, to a movie theater or indoor um, restaurant, restaurant and dine in. Um, it's really important that we maintain that social distancing and mask wearing as much as possible. I would suggest that even if you're indoors dining somewhere, that until your food is in front of you and you are eating it, your mask should be on. Um, that's a that's a risky activity right now with this, and this is a very contagious uh, virus but it's also very easily killed. And so if we maintain those hygiene standards, uh, we can maintain our red tier status. But I would hate to see us go backwards um, as is happening in, in much of the country right now with this huge you know, second wave larger than the first. All right. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting time as Mendocino County moves into the red tier. And uh, we, we experience the reopening of things like indoor eating in restaurants and uh, opening up gyms and places of worship and uh, retail stores and skilled nursing facilities. Uh, those are the, the kind of the five uh, places that will be affected by the red tier, according to the county's press release. So um, we'll see what happens. And I know that you will be continuing to be on the front lines and, and keeping us informed about what's happening uh, on the coast. Thank you so much, Lucretia, for being our guest host on the local coronavirus update today. Thank you. 
You've been listening to the local coronavirus update from KZYXNZ Mendocino County Public Broadcasting in Philo, California. This podcast is made possible by funding from the Mask Awareness Project of North Coast Opportunities. To hear this program live, tune in on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time to KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Williton Ukiah at 91.5 FM, and in Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Or you can hear us anywhere at kzyx.org, where you can also find out how to donate or become a KZYX member. Thanks for listening.